of how important and serious God takes this supper. Two warnings. Number one, if you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you say, I don't even know what that means, that may be a good reason why you shouldn't take it. But here's what it is in a nutshell. You see, I have a problem, a sin problem. It's not anything I did. It's how I was born. Every one of us were born separated from God. Some of us are more moral than others, but we're all separated from a holy God in which we were created to serve. So we've got a problem, don't we? It's a sin problem. And it's a problem that we have no way of dealing with in and of ourselves. But God, in His love and in His mercy and in His grace, provided a solution. That is what the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is all about. Through His death, He took our place. He took our punishment. He was our substitute on the cross. It was a real death. He was buried. But here's the good part, too. We got hope, don't we? The hope is that just as he had power over death, so if we will surrender our lives to him, that's control, we will have resurrection in Christ when we die. Are you looking forward to that day? If you have never done that today, I would urge you to do it right there in the seat where you're, oh, I don't know what to pray, Brother Dave. God knows your heart. You speak to him in words. He knows you already. It's just that you don't know him. So that opportunity is afforded to you. But if you've never surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to just observe today the Lord's Supper. If you're here and you're a Christian and you have unrepentant sin in your life, I warn you not to take the supper. I would urge you to get the sin right right now. This is why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to start reading in verse 27. The Bible says through the Apostle Paul, Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, that's the two things that we've already discussed, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Literally, all of us are guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But literally, this is saying that after I say I've received Christ and I have new life in him, I go back to my old life. And it's like crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ again. Does he need to die again? No. But a man must what? We have come to a place in the church where we think if we're examining our hearts to see if we're truly saved or if there's sin in our life, that somehow we're doubting our salvation. And that if I was truly saved, I would never have to do this. That's unfortunate. Because not only do we lose fellowship with God, we also lose our testimony to the world if we refuse to deal with the sin and examine our own heart. It says, as you examine your heart, in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many 
Among you are weak and sick, and a number die. Is it serious? It's serious. He repeats this again. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be what? This is a wonderful truth, folks. If, if I could just get your attention for just a moment, here it is. God is saying to us, if we will just come before him and admit who we are, give it all to him, not hold back, try to say I'm better than so-and-so-and-so-and-so, but just say, I'm guilty, God, before you, and what I deserve is hell. Then when he shows me sin in my life, I confess it. That means I call it the same thing he calls it. He said, then there's no need for him to judge us. But if I refuse to judge myself, then he will step in. And grace and mercy will not be a part of that. But it's offered to us freely right now. So, before we take the supper, we're going to take a few moments. I've urged you for a week to go home. Examine your heart before God to deal with sin. Get it right before God. Confess it to him. Confess it to each other. And I hope you've done that. And I'm cautiously optimistic that you have. However, we're going to take some time right now in silence. If you want to pray down here, if you want to pray where you are, this is a free time right now to deal with your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ to examine your heart. If you don't have a walk with the Lord, now's a perfect time to start one. But let's examine our hearts before God.
Father God, we come before you this morning knowing that you're God, perfect and holy, all-powerful, all-knowing, the creator of the universe, including our maker. And Father, we also come realizing that we're not in perfect relationship with you. Father, as we have sang and as we've heard read about the precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Oh, how wonderful. As we sing hallelujah. What a Savior. Father, when I get to the knowing you in just some small way, Father, it's just almost more than I can handle. But Father, as I'm drawn closer to knowing you, I become ever increasingly aware of my own sinfulness. And for that, I thank you that I have freedom from sin, freedom from its guilt, freedom to deal with it openly before you. And Father, I pray that each and every one of us here have done this and are doing it. Father, as we talked of repentance, not just repentance one time when we gave our lives to you, but Father, the test of true salvation, which is continual repentance, daily examining my heart, lined up according to your word, and where it doesn't match, I confess it is sin. Father, may we meet with you today May this service be about you. Father, the only way that we could ever get to the point of praising you is by living lives of prayer. Not guidance from ourselves, but guidance from you alone. Father, none of us have arrived, and we admit that. But work progress in our lives. For those that don't know you as personal Lord and Savior here, Father, I pray that you have planted a seed in their heart today that will do nothing but grow. And that that still small voice will not go away until they submit to you. For those of us that are seeking to know you better, but to also know the practice of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. As a deacon in this church, I have to do it. I have to do it right in front of you. I can't lead, be a leader unless I show that I'm a leader. First Timothy clearly states 
the deacons likewise are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of their deep, their deep truths of faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there's anything against them, let them serve. If there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives are to be women worthy of respect, not malicious, taker, talkers, or temperate and trust and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be a husband of not of but one wife and must manage his children in his household as well. Because I want I don't want any rumors uh, or anything like that. I need we need prayer. Okay. Uh, we need uplifting. Um, you know, openly a lot of you know my son is struggling with his faith in the Lord. You know, as that, if you come to, as you, when you talk to him, Brother Dan's talked to him. If you ask him, he clearly will say, by definition, if you look at definition, I'm an atheist. That is his, his look, okay? On the way that he is being taught and the things that are going through the school systems and today's children. Do I truly believe he is an atheist? No. He still shows some of those characteristics of the Christian that he was when he took his baptismal in the eighth grade. I think he's struggling. And I'm not saying this because he's not here. Okay? Um, I would say the same thing if he was here this morning. And this is, you know, it's airing your own dirty laundry. But I don't want judgment. I want uplift for my family That's right. and health. About eight weeks ago, he did a stupid thing um, and got caught with marijuana. Got caught with a joint. Nothing big. However, it's illegal drugs. He was not smoking it. Course, it was, you know, there again, it was there to be smoked. You know, so I guess it's just like the president. I didn't inhale. Okay? <laughs> However, he was sitting in a park lot, and the cops come up, and he willingly told him, told the policeman, that it was in his car. Uh, you know, so there again, he's got that charge that we're facing. Last night at 2.45 this morning, when he was supposed to be spending the night with a friend, we get a call from Raleigh policeman that he was in the car with some friends, not the friends he was supposed to be with, um, and they had all been drinking. So at 2.45, me and Lori get in the car and go to Raleigh to get him out of the police car. I praise God because uh, as we went down the Beltline, we passed a, a terrible wreck at Capitol Boulevard. That probably was a result of the same thing. And it comes to realize that that could have been my son at that point. <coughs> I praise God that he wasn't driving. But, y'all, I can't hide it. As a leader of this church, I can't hide it. You cannot have faith in me is if you hear this from, the, from your kids or whatever, um, 
and then I stand here before you every, every Sunday as a leader of this church and say, I'm better than that. Only way we can deal with it is to get it out front. That's right. There are kids in this, in this congregation that are suffering the same way. But y'all, for those that know my son, he is that cookie cutter, good son. Makes straight A's. Good looking kid. Those that don't know his don't those that don't know his troubles, oh yeah, unlike his dad. <laughs> for those that don't know his trouble, you know, parents give good 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 praises of him. And he is a good kid. Just like many of yours. But in that same token. I was blind by that, and I looked at that good kid, and I didn't, I didn't look any farther than that. Parents, don't turn your back. Just because they looked holy, just because they just went through baptism, don't change what they, what they were faced every day yeah. in schools. So with that, I could not go forward with this. Before until I got it right. Okay. Only thing I hate is that my son and my and my wife are not here. Let's take a moment right now. If you all will, just grab the person next to you. If you think this is just a a, a Donald family problem, this is all of us, right? Right? Amen. I mean, and church too long has been this place where we come and we put on this facade of. Oh, everything's perfect and all. Well, guess what? None of us are. If we're to be a witness to the world, it's about saying, hey, we're going through the trials and circumstances of life, but we're on a solid foundation. Now, your children have to make a choice about that foundation, don't they? And it'll cause you pain. But it doesn't change God, does it? Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, we love you. And as Paul says in Romans 7, Father, at times I just hate who I am. Seems like I can't do what I know is right to do and the things that you want me to do, I can't seem to do. Things you don't want me to do, those are the same to be the things that I do. And Father, each one of us that are fathers here, each one that's a mom, We've all messed up. Oftentimes we have been bad examples. Even in striving to serve you, Father, we have fallen way short. We thank you for your forgiveness, but we also know that other people are watching, including our children. Father, those with young children here, Father, I pray that as Donald and I stand up here before them, that we could be a testimony to them. That start now filling them with your word. Start now every day praying over them. God, work in, in their life. Help you to be real to them, Father. We pray for Brandon. We love him. I know you love him way more than we do. I pray for every one of the the teenagers and children at our church. Father, sometimes it just hurts me to the point of tears because I can't make the choices for them. And Father, we would not ask you to make their lives easy. 
we would ask you is to reveal yourself to them. Father, if we should step in and try to take the consequences away for their choices, Father, I pray you'd strike us. But help us to be there as a reflection of your son, Jesus Christ, to keep pointing them to you. And in that, we can have peace. Father, I thank you for this church. May this be a New Testament church where it doesn't end at 12 o'clock, but where you, it's not what we do at church, it's who we are. God, work in and through this. In Jesus' name. You say, well, this is different. We do things different around here. And I'm not ashamed of that at all. And my only prayer is that we can become more transparent. I ain't going over that church. Them people got problems. Yeah, we do. But we also know the answer to the problems. And that's the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. He has changed my life and he's changed many here. Um. But boy, church looks different when you're honest, doesn't it? Boy, we need a good slap in the face of honesty. With the deacons that are, are all hearts cleared, I want to, uh, don't, don't look at the clock, it'll be fine. The white meat's already gone. Now, with the deacons that are going to be serving the Lord's Supper, if you would stand. got hopefully we've dealt with sin amen now while the deacons are passing out the bread and the cup i wish you'd take this time to focus on thanks the love the grace and the mercy of god reverend McAllister, would you ask god uh would you thank him for the, the giving of his body
I repeat, this is just a cracker. But it represents the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the previous verses before, it says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. Last words are important. When he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is, and there's two words here you should have circled, for you. Substitution. This is a big deal. Eat this in remembrance. In the early service, Every time I eat that cracker, it dries my mouth out so much so I can't even swallow or talk. A quiet time this week. We were reading John 15 about abiding in the vine. It always reminds me of the fact that if I don't abide in the vine, I'm going to dry up and there ain't nothing that can come from my life. Thank you. Reverend Lentz, would you uh, ask God's blessing and thanks for the blood? next verse it says this in the same way he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me we skip right past the new cup
tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Amen. Amen. Let's go out and live it.